Tom Ricketts, chairman of your Chicago Cubs. Obviously, there were so many ups and downs, uh, so much drama. Our fans, they could have walked away, and no one did. Everyone kind of stuck with us. 2016 World Series champion. This is going to be a tough play. Ricketts with Captain Jay Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Good morning and welcome into the Captain Jay Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, John the Hood, with you. So glad you're with us on this Friday. And Cap, we got a special guest on the line. Yes, we do. We have the chairman of the Chicago Cubs, Tom Ricketts, kind enough to join us here on Captain Jay Hood. Tom, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great, uh, and thanks for that very dramatic intro. I really appreciated it. How about that? A man of your stature deserves a nice uh, production piece, so you're welcome. (laughs) So, Tom, let's talk about where you guys are as a franchise now. There's been the COVID thing, and you had a World Series in 16, and we had iconic players traded away. How do you feel about where you are as a franchise today moving forward? Uh, well, obviously, it, it's been a bit of a transition, and the last few years have been pretty rough. Uh, it, it's been tough to see the guys that uh, were on that championship team leave over over time, and um, and it's you know just like any fan, it's been hard on me to watch the guys go. But but it was it was really time to uh, take a look at what we had and start building the next great team. And um, you know, and I think the last couple years we've been very very successful. At, uh, at at moving that ball forward, um, you know one of the things that um, that we know is to build a sustainable winner. We've got to build from the bottom up. We've got to build a great farm system. We have to have a lot of depth coming from young players. Uh, we know that the last fifteen World Series winners have all had top ten farm systems in the years right up to when they when they won their titles. So we know that's really the key. So we did have to spend some time the last couple years focusing on that, and and we've been successful at at um, building back to a, you know, a top 10, if not top 5 farm system. But uh, the good news about going into this year is I think that a lot of that, lot of that work's been done and we can start looking at winning on the field here in Chicago. Um, and if you see what we have going into the season, you, you see a team that has really an improved offense, uh, really incredible defense, and uh, a lot of pitching depth. So we're just excited to get the games going and um, happy with everything that uh, – that's happened to us this offseason and like where we sit going into 23. Tom, from a cash flow standpoint, from the pandemic to where we are now in 2023 season coming up, how difficult was it for the organization to acquire key players in order to contend? Well, I mean, there's uh, obviously the, the, the COVID situation was, was uh, difficult for every team financially, the larger teams uh, more so. But that's that's largely behind us. Right now, it, it just comes down to, um, you know, we have the resources to put a great team on the field. It's really up to Jed to allocate those resources the way he sees he sees fit. Um, you know, we want to add we want to add wins to this season without sacrificing wins in future seasons. So we have to be thoughtful about how we put those dollars to work. I think uh, Jed and his team have done a great job of of. Um, of finding that balance going into 23. And um, I think financially we're in pretty good shape and we're looking forward to competing this year. Tom, there was a narrative out there, whether it was right, whether it was wrong, and I would love your perspective on that there was money left over last year that didn't get spent. 
there was money at some point. Eventually, it did get spent on Dansby Swanson and Jamison Tyone and all these different guys. Was there ever a moment where you were frustrated from your 50,000-foot view looking down going, okay, I'm tired of hearing I'm cheap, my family won't spend money, the Cubs are cheap, and there's actually plenty of money there to spend. It just hadn't been spent yet. Was it ever frustrating or that's just part of the deal? Well, I mean, in some respects, it's part of the deal. You know, you, you, when uh, we give the resources to to Jed and his guys, like, you know, we want them to put them to work when they see they think they think it's best. Um, you know, you don't want to spend money just to spend money. Um, you know, you'll never win. I don't think I'll ever win the argument. Like, if someone calls me cheap, I mean, I, I mean, look, we I don't know if we're cheap. We put a billion dollars into the stadium. Like, I mean, I don't know how cheap that is, but like. Um, ultimately, it comes down to you got to let the people who are going to be responsible for the wins and losses on the field allocate the dollars as they see fit. And if there's a short-term narrative that um, that we're somehow holding back money or or keeping money out of the system or something like that, I'm not sure what you can really do except um, say it's not true and, and just try to win on the field. Chicago Cubs chairman Tom Ricketts with Captain Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Based on the organization's moves, Tom, in the offseason, how soon will the Cubs contend for a championship? Well, I think we're going into this season thinking that we have a, a good shot at our division. Um, you know, we, we, like I said, we have, um, you know, yeah, we've, we've really improved our offense. We've, we're going to have one of the best defensive teams ever. And uh, just a lot of pitching depth. Every day, uh, Rossi and Andy Green and our analytics team will sit down and and think about how to put the best lineup on the field. and And um, I think uh, I think people are pretty excited to see how it plays out because I think we'll be really competitive. Tom, in terms of marquee, we've got a number of listeners that are asking: Is it going to get onto YouTube TV? Is there going to be a stream situation where people can say? Hey, man, I missed a whole – we have one guy who said, I, I missed a whole season of the Cubs because he switched to YouTube TV, and they're not on YouTube TV. What can you enlighten us on where Marquee is headed, where the broadcasts are headed? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. Like, we are always looking for, um, like, the optimal streaming partners on, on Marquee. Um, I don't have an announcement to make for this year, but we're looking at some different, uh, different streaming options. Uh, we know a lot of fans – are um, basically that's the way they consume their media now. So we have to uh, take a look at everything we can do to get get those fans in the loop and or have access, get access to Marquee. Um, so we're doing what we can. It's not as simple as it looks, but um, you know we're always trying to make sure that we have as many outlets as possible for the channel. I mean, it's been a huge success in so many different ways. Um, we want to make sure everyone can have it. <laughs> Tom, I know that it wasn't funny at the time, but that Cubs convention when you uh, asked the fans, you know, what, what's your problem with the marquee network? And when you were trying to explain, hey, you just don't get your Brickhouse Harry Carey Channel 9 baseball anymore, that's going to be the marquee network. And it's kind of, it, it's funny in hindsight because you, as you stood there incredulously said, hey, what, what do you guys have against the marquee network? We're trying to give you something fresh. Yeah, are you happy about what's been going on with Marquee? And as Cap was talking about, you know, we do have fans in Iowa and all throughout the Midwest that want to see more Cubs baseball. So, so what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I, Marquee's been been an incredible success for us. Um, you know, in a time where regional sports networks are really under a lot of pressure and are being challenged by by the 
by the way people are consuming media, it's been a, you know, it's been tough for a lot of networks. Our network's done really well, um, so you know, so it's it's been a, a good like a a good financial stabilizer for the team when other teams are actually starting to see their their TV dollars go away. But more importantly, like just to be able to have the flexibility to do all of our own programming, um, you know, to be able to put together you know specials on Kerry Wood Twenty Strikeout Game or or the life of Ernie Banks or or, or these kind of things. And then to be able to control all of our game day production and to be able to spend a little extra to do, um, you know, what is a, uh, a, a just an incredible uh, game day, you know, game day production for, you know, for, for a regional sports network to do what we do. We're much more like a national broadcast. And so that's been great. And I think um, everyone that's had access to it has uh, really enjoyed it. You know, from that day at convention, the only complaint I've ever gotten since about Marquee is I can't get it. And I get people from emailing me from California, how come I can't get Marquee? And I'm like, I know what I can do about that. You know, the, um, uh, the um, you know, a lot of the people that are angry with us at times, they don't really realize that a lot of what we're up against are MLB blackout rules that we can't control, that a lot of times were written along, you know, written decades ago. So, um Anyway, it's been a big success. We're very happy with it. We've won a lot of Emmys. I think Mike McCarthy and team have done a terrific job, and uh, we're very, very happy we did it. I just, I, I know that we can get more distribution if, um, if we can find some some better streaming partners and, or some different streaming partners and. And maybe the league could loosen up some of their regulations. So we have a number of listeners that have sent in questions. So our friend Nick, who actually is an NBA writer and is a diehard Cubs fan, has been a season ticket holder, was there at Game 7 in Cleveland, out of his mind when the home run was hit. Like, he's all in on the Cubs. Nick said, okay, I see the renovated stadium. Marquis up and running. Will you spend money at the level of the other major market teams over that, that we're seeing now? That's one part of it. And the other part of the question is, when you see Steve Cohen go, I don't care if the luxury tax is $300 million. I don't care. I'm just going to keep spending. What is your feeling as a fellow owner as to compete with that? Well, on, on the first question, first part of Nick's question there, um, you know, we'll be right back at CBT levels this year. Um, and I think anyone, I think people that follow the game closely know that there's, there's, a, you know, there's kind of an art to managing that. You want to make sure that you get close to the CBT levels without triggering it if you can, unless you feel like this is a team that really needs that, um, you know, that uh, if you feel like you're right in the, in the absolute sweet spot where you want to go over because it does cost you financial resources and it, 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 um, and it can cost you draft picks. And draft position, so you have to be thoughtful about how you manage that. So we'll be right up to CBT as I think we should be uh, this year, and and we've obviously spent a little bit of money this off season, and Jed still has more dry powder. With respect to what's happening at some of the other clubs, and I, I probably I really don't, um, you know, I really can't do much about it. We really can't, um, really can't control any of that. Uh, all I know is that you can only spend every dollar once. And um, we are, you know, managing our team to uh, be competitive over over a longer term, and and um, and so, you know, some of the some of the contracts other teams are giving away don't make for don't make sense for us, and um, and I, you know, and I really can't comment on how some of these other teams are financing their 
you know, their, their, their player acquisitions. But net-net, um, it all comes down to what happens on the field, and we're pretty confident we have a team that's going to compete on the field this year. The, the fan in you, though, the, away from the ownership, the fan in you has to look at those eye-popping numbers and say, wow, that's, that's a lot of money to, be, to spend. I mean, what, what's your reaction that the fan, Tom Ricketts, when he sees you know, the other teams like the Rangers and the Padres and others spending the money that they are? Well, I mean, the um, obviously as a fan, you always want to sign everybody. You just have to be thought. I mean, it you know, it's uh, it's always great to add players, but I mean, you know, if if you take a step back from some some of these contracts, some of these long term contracts, you know, you once you sign that deal, you have to pay that money, and um, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen with a twenty nine year old guy in ten years, you know, or whatever. So, um, so obviously. Everybody wants to bring in as much talent as they can. It's very exciting to sign free agents, but you always have to keep in keep it in balance, and you have to be able to, you know, balance out the wins you're going to get in the short term against the wins you're going to give away in the long term. And and so, um, so like like as a fan, everybody, it's great to sign exciting players, um, but you know, as as someone um, who's responsible for the longer term and the more consistent performance of the team. You just always have to be careful not to give up too much for too long, and and so um, so we'll see where it shakes out. I think we've 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 got a good strategy, we've got good people, and um, and I think we're building toward a very sustainable model of being back on top of our division. So we played a quote from Joe Lacob. He owns the Golden State Warriors. He was on Draymond Green's podcast. It was a great interview, and he said, "I'm maniacal at this point in my life. All I care about is championships." Whatever, whatever it costs, I want to win titles. He said, we've won four in eight years. It's amazing. I want more. We've had fans say, I want an owner in Chicago to say the same thing. I'm maniacal about one thing. Did we win the ring or not? When you hear a comment like that, you're a competitor. What do you say? Well, I, I think everybody feels the same way. You can, you can, like, absolutely we're in it to win. But, like, the question isn't, do you want to win or do you want to lose? Obviously, you want to win. The question is, how do you get there? And what we have to do, what we have to do, what we believe is the right answer, is to, you know, build up farm system, add high-quality, you know, high-character guys when it's required, like this year, to kind of, kind of fill it out, and be consistent. Like, one thing about baseball that's different than NFL or NBA is – once you get to the playoffs, everyone has about the same chance of winning the World Series. Like, there's not much predictive value in how many wins you had during the season come to the playoffs. It's kind of who's hot, who's healthy, and, and who gets the breaks. So the key is to be in the playoffs as often as possible. And to do that, you have to build a good core of young players who can stay together for several years and then supplement them with the types of characters, uh, type of players, high-character players that we brought in this year. So um, the answer is we always want to win, and we're, we're building toward winners. The way you do it in baseball is the way we're doing it, and, um, and we just have to stay with that. The Tom Ricketts that sat in the bleachers, that was going to school here, have a couple beers on a beautiful day, Do you? F- that guy wanted to see a team that won. Do you feel, as an owner of a sports team, a civic responsibility to like, I've, I've just watched the Cubs video from the World Series the other day where you said, 
you were blown away at the parade by the depth of the fandom that's intergenerational. Do you feel a civic responsibility to the 22-year-old Tom Ricketts that I owe it to those people to try to win? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, and not just to the 22-year-old Tom Ricketts, but to everyone I talk to every game at Wrigley Field. Like the, um, you, you know, it's uh, you, you don't stop being a fan when you step into the chairman role. You just become a fan who feels responsible. Like we have to, um, we have to uh, do everything we can to get back on top. We have to do everything we can to, uh, you know, recreate the. Uh, you know, the glory of, you know, the, you know, the, the World Series teams. And if you look back, like, we, um, we went all in for those years. And, and part of the reason that we had to take a little bit of a breather on the free agent market the last couple of years was we drained our farm system and we put all the money out there and we were among the top spenders and, and we just couldn't get another championship out of, out of that group of guys and as much as we tried. And uh, so we knew we had to rebuild and we, we had to... Um, we had to, you know, start building the next great Cub team. And so as we hit here today, I think we, we're kind of past that inflection point where, you know, we, we're, uh, we've got a good minor league system. We've got a good team on the field this year. And we're just going to get better over the next few years and try to get back on top. Tom, as the Chicago Bears go through their changes with a new president and a new general manager, what advice would you give to the new look Bears? You've been through this yourself with the Cubs, you know, having a new GM and trying to change the infrastructure and the culture. The Bears are trying to do the same thing. What's your advice to the Bears? Oh, I don't really have any advice for the Bears. Uh, they know what they're doing. Like uh, I think Kevin's a, a, uh, Kevin Warren is a great um, is a great pickup for uh, for the team. Obviously, he's got a lot of experience in, in stadium background, and, and he's been around football for a long time and did a terrific job at the Big Ten. So I, I think it's a big win for that organization. Um, and, and those guys know what they're doing. They'll be fine. And, um, and obviously anyone, and I'm a Bears fan as well, um, everyone sees kind of uh, an exciting future for that team, and, and hopefully they can execute against it. We've got a bunch of questions. It's all the same one. What does Sammy have to do, Sosa, to come back, at least just to be the convention, throw out a first pitch, sing the seventh inning strike? Not to work for the team, just to feel like he's welcome back. Any update there? Yeah, no real update. Um, Nothing's really changed on that front. Uh, I I don't really have a lot to add about Sammy at the moment. Tom, you got to let that go, man. I mean, you got to bring him back. Bring bring him back. and, And here's why, I mean... At some point, we got to look at Sammy Sosa. You're in the bleachers like all the fans were watching all those home runs and watching the great moments he brought to the Cubs. Some, at some point, that'll turn, right? Sometimes. At some point, you guys will be in the middle, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep noodling on it, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but I haven't really thought about it much lately, to be honest. Well, enjoy the convention. It's cool that the whole family is going to be back together yeah. for the first time in a while, taking questions. Uh, <laughs> I think people are excited, Tom. I do. I really think people are looking forward to seeing what this season will be like with Dansby Swanson. I know you just finalized Eric Cosmer this morning. I actually think people are fired up. Well, they sh- I think they should be. Yeah. Like, um, I-, I think Jed had a really, really good offseason. And, um, and we're going to put a very competitive team on the field. We should compete for our division. And, um, you know, and... It'll be fun, and, and the kind of guys, the, the kind of players that you want to cheer for, too. Um, and 
I know that Rossi is very excited about the character of the guys that we've, we've brought in. Um, we think we're going to have a great clubhouse. I think it's going to be a, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a pretty exciting summer. And, and frankly, Jed's not done yet. We've got a few more pieces and parts we can add to supplement what we have. And, and then as these guys continue to play well this year, um, people can be confident as well that we have a lot of younger guys that will be knocking on the door over the next few years that, that should, should um, continue to uh, you know, keep getting us younger and better. Whoever that player is, if there is somebody out there next year that hits free agency, and there's a few humongous names, he will have the powder to be able to make that run. If he says to you, hey, we can go get whoever that guy is, he will have enough in the till to go make that happen, right? Yeah, we always have uh, the, I mean, Jed always has the ability to, you know, to flex up in resources from time, you know, we, once again, like, it's, it's not always about how much you spend this year, it's about what kind of contract are we looking at, how long is it, how many wins will it cost us in the future, and trying to be sustainable, and trying to, you know, keep, uh, keep on top, right, so, um, yeah, there's, there's resources for Jed, and when it's time to, um, you know, and frankly, we're already at CBT this year. We're going to be CBT this year. So, like, it's not like we're holding back anything at the moment. But um, but if we have to flex up a little bit to get the right guy, we can always do that. Tom, it's cool that you spent some time with us here on Cap and Jay Hood. Thanks so much, and have a great season. Appreciate it, Tom. All right, thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you. It is Tom Ricketts, the chairman of the board for the Chicago Cubs, with us on Cap and Jay Hood on Chicago's Home for Get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Cap and Jay Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. You heard from Tom Ricketts right here exclusively on Cap and Jay Hood here on ESPN 1000. Any thoughts about the conversation? 312-332-3776 is our phone number. I'd to remind you, we got the Friday folder as well as hearing from... Uh, Tracy Butler with the weekend weather from ABC 7 Eyewitness News. She's going to be with us our next half hour here on Cap and Jay Hood. A couple of questions to Tom, which I thought was a great conversation. Not an interview, just a conversation with the chairman. Uh, Ricketts on Sammy Sosa. Yeah, no real update. Um, nothing's really changed on that front. Uh, I, I don't really have a lot to add about Sammy at the moment. Tom, you got to let that go, man. Gotta, I mean, he's got you, you got to bring him back. Bring it, bring it back. But, you know, and, and here's why. I mean, at some point, we got to look at Sammy Sosa. You're in the bleachers, like all the fans were watching all those home runs and watching the great moments he brought to the Cubs. I put a very competitive Dale turn, right? Sometimes at some point, you guys will be in the middle, right? Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll keep noodling on it, but uh, <laughs> uh, but I haven't really thought about it. Much later, to be honest. Starts there from Ricketts on Sosa. Look, I, you know my stance. If Sammy wants a job, you got to play by the owner's rules, whatever those rules are. If Sammy just wants to come back and be welcomed, he did a lot for this franchise. A lot. Mm-hmm. So I would find a way to just... Look, there were a lot of people that did a lot of things during that era of baseball. Just let him throw out a first pitch, sing the seventh inning stretch... Let people cheer, see their guy, and move on. His brethren around the owners uh, in Major League Baseball spending a lot of money and big-time deals, 10, 11, 12-year deals. His thoughts? Obviously, as a fan, you always want to sign everybody. You just have to be thought. I mean, it, you know, it's, uh, it's always great to add players, but, I mean, you know, if, if you take a step back from some, some of these contracts, some of these long-term contracts, you know, you, 
once you sign that deal, you have to pay that money. And, um, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen with a 29-year-old guy in 10 years, you know, or whatever. So, um, so obviously, everybody wants to bring in as much talent as they can. It's very exciting to sign free agents, but you always have to keep in, keep it in balance, and you have to be able to, you know, balance out the wins you're going to get in the short term against the wins you're going to give away in the long term. And, and so, um, so like, look, as a fan, everybody, it's great to sign exciting players, um, but you know, as as someone um, who's responsible for the longer term and the more consistent performance of the team, you just always have to be careful not to give up too much for too long. And and so um, so we'll see where it shakes out. I think we've 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 got a good strategy. We've got good people, and um, and I think we're building toward a very sustainable model of being back on top of our division. Here's Nick in Brooklyn, uh, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. Go ahead, Nick. <laughs> How in the world? Could any Cubs fan feel good about the direction of the way things are going right now after listening to that, guys? Truly. Uh, Rick has just talked in circles over and over and over. When he said, Cap, you asked him part of what I, I wanted you to ask, but when he's like, well, there's not really much I can do, I was laughing out loud listening on the app. There's not really much you can do. You own the team. <laughs> Spend more money. He did say there's not much I could do. He did say that. It, 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 listening to that was incredible. The, the convention of which I used to go to with my beloved uh, grandma, that discussion with fans is going to be <laughs> he, he gave you zero on saving. Although, Cap, what's the update there? No, specifically, what? Do they want to know from Sammy to allow him back? I, I don't. I don't. That I don't get that for the life of me. And thank you, Hoodie, well, for being like. Well, well, well here, here middle, is man. where I disagree with them. Yeah. Okay, I know for a fact because I was in the middle of it, and I've told this story before. I was asked to fly down and interview him, and I, Sammy, I believed was going to fall on his sword and say, okay, I made mistakes when I was here and here's what happened. Mm-hmm. Like, which Mark McGuire did it, Andy Pettit did it, uh, a bunch of guys who tested. Yes. And at the la- I landed in Florida and was on my way to do the interview and I got the phone call, uh, he's changed his mind. And from that point on, the relationship has really struggled. That's... But the- but where Cap, it's at. The, the question to Ricketts is, what is it that Sammy needs to do specifically to get back to Wrigley Field? I think they wanted some level of honesty about what he did while he was there. Okay, but so that, I mean, this is this is what's coming then this weekend. So the follow-up is, okay, Tom, Sammy doesn't want to say that. So what do you tell the millions of Sammy Sosa fans and Cubs fans all over the world who say, hey, Tom, that's ridiculous. Just let him come back and throw out a first pitch. That like that's he, where I'm at. If you is, want, if you want a job with the team, you got to play by the owner's rules. If you just exactly, want to, if he, you just wanna want to come back and that. be welcome, right? Sammy said to me, "I've got my money. I've got my job. I don't want that. I just want to feel welcome." We're on the same page there. Well, the way no, I would, I, the way I, the way I would do it, Nick, is if I'm Jerry Reinsdorf, I bring the Panther back to the South Side. <laughs> That's how I do. Wow. The wild armed Sosa, a young the Panther. The Panther. That's what I'd do. If I was Jerry, 
They don't want him? How about this? You got the first pitch here. You're a sox. That's what he should do. I would do it. Oh, man. Oh, God, I miss y'all. But, guys, the, the much larger issue, forget the Sammy stuff. The much larger issue is you are talking about to him about finances and spending more money, and he's just going around and around in circles. What can you do? You can spend more money. I mean, how disconnected from reality but you, but you, but you do have to admit they are trending in a very positive direction, Nick. They are. That's a fact. Nick, we got to go, buddy. But Top thanks. ten farm system. They're, they've got Dansby Swan. They they spent three hundred million. It's all, look. They're trending in the right direction. Mm-hmm. They are. That's a fact. Nick, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for calling in from Brooklyn. I want the Nick that was, like, sweating through his clothes in Cleveland. That guy. (laughs) He's around, especially during that Cubs conversation. That's for sure. He's the best. The Friday Folder brought to you by ETI School of Skilled Trades is next on Cap'n J. Hood. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. Cap and J. Hood are back. On ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Cause it's Friday. It's time for the Friday Folder. And you ain't got shit to do. On the Cap and J Hood Show. Kevin Warren was named the president of the Chicago Bears. Also, Lamar Jackson's out this weekend because his knee's unstable with the Baltimore Ravens. Atlanta, the host of the Bills and Chiefs game. Also, all AAA ballparks now have robot umps. Lisa Marie Presley died. Uh, she had a full cardiac arrest. She was just at the Golden Globes this week, and she passed away, the only daughter of Elvis Presley. By the way, I looked up one stat while we were at break because we had talked to Nick. Uh, do you know that the last 15 World Series winners all had top 10 farm systems leading into their championship? Mm-hmm. Cubs have a top 10 farm system. So good. For the Friday Folder brought to you by ETI School of Skilled Trades, here's Shay Norling. Shay? I want to start with a story we've been trying to get to a little bit this week. Brian Erlacher suing another company, another hair restoration company, for using his likeness uh, without asking, basically. Just to understand why these companies are just so ridiculous, you know a lawsuit's coming. I know you're trying to pump up your company, but if this is something, someone that's not representing your company, there's going to be a lawsuit. Automatically. Automatic. I don't understand it. I had a company come to me. Want to get your hair back? Pass. 50 Cent through, went through that as well as had to sue a company because they use his likeness. What do you think is going to happen? If I just use this person's picture, you know, go to Google Images and just put their slap their picture on my company, I'll be able to get money. Well, you're going to lose money now because of that. Shay. What we have here, Hoodie, is a money-making scheme for Cap. How's that? Cap, scheme? go... go. Consult at all these uh, hair restoration clinics, mm-hmm. get your photo taken, and then just wait for them to use your photo without your consent. <laughs> yeah. What was Shay coming up with all these scams today? I'm yeah. always thinking, man. You gotta have the you gotta have passive income. That's how we get passive income for Cap. It always a little light in the afternoons. Go walk around all these hair restoration clinics, get your photo taken, start raking it in. <laughs> it is about uh, multiple revenue streams, is it not? It is. There is one way to get that done. That'd be big mailbox money. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Maybe annually, if you if you if you play your cards right. Right. Wait, there's another one. <laughs> Shay. Uh, ben Affleck, the Golden. Okay, so I'll start with this. The Golden Globes are on Tuesday night. Yeah. Which. 
I guess because it's during football season, they don't want to compete with the NFL, but the Tuesday night Golden Globes, please, never again. Just mm-hmm. get rid of them. Ben Affleck spent the Golden Globes working a drive through Dunkin' Donuts in Medford, Massachusetts. And that was because... Well, apparently there's rumors he was um, filming a Super Bowl commercial, but the article that I've been reading this morning, he was just working. People were going through the drive-thru, and he was just there, handing them their coffee and being quick-witted with them. <laughs> I like Ben Affleck. Sure. I've never being met them. Have you ever interviewed him? No. Because he's a sports guy. Yeah. I have never interviewed him. I've never been around him. There's something about the guy I think he's cool. Just hanging around the Dunkin' Donuts just... Going back and forth, working on material. Yeah. There you go, Charlie. There's an idea for you. There you go, Charlie. Yeah, that's like uh, that. That would be the worst way to start your morning. Somebody running material by you at the Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> what about like the, <laughs> the curmudgeon-y customer like me? Just give Ben. Just give me the damn coffee. I gotta get to work, man. Just get, it's nice to see you. Give me, the, give me the coffee. It had his, obviously a surprise to the customers to see, like, wait, that guy looks like Ben's Ben Affleck. Can, can you I, imagine can that? I just get a, can I just get a large coffee? Well, well first, uh, have you ever noticed that airplanes are pretty weird? <laughs> Shay. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. This one was late yesterday, and I wanted to get to it today. The movie maker Michael Bay. I'm sorry, you were saying? The filmmaker Michael Bay is being charged with killing a pigeon in Italy during the production of Underground 6, a Netflix movie. Or 6 Underground is terrible. I tried to watch it. I had to turn it off. But he's he's facing charges in Italy from a film shoot five years ago where it's being um, said he killed a pigeon during the film. He said no animals were harmed in the making of this movie. He's denying that this happened. All of this for a homing pigeon. And that's is that a crime there? Adam's back here says birds aren't real, so it shouldn't matter anyway. I don't know if it's a crime. Is it a crime to kill a pigeon? And what city was this again? Italy. Well, it was in Italy. I don't know what city it happened in. Our national law makes it illegal to capture, harm, or kill wild birds in Italy, including pigeons, which are protected under the birds directive in the EU. Mm. I've hit pigeons with my car. They're stubborn here. You honk at them, they won't move. That's true. In Chicago, it's, it's, it's those pigeons just looking for loose squares. They're Yo, brazen here. Loose squares. Guess who's looking for, man? Yo, can I get a, can I get a cigarette just real quick, man? Let me hold something. You want to hold? I'm sorry? Let me hold something. $5. You know, I'm just trying to get on the L. Give me, a, trying, give me a light. You're trying to get on the L, sir? You're a pigeon. Get up off your ass and fly. <laughs> just trying to get to Cermak Chinatown. Real quick, man. You know what I'm saying? No. Great scraps they throw. <laughs> not, not trying. No. No. Why? These pigeons, man, you get right up on them. It's true, Shay. You get right up on them. They walk right next to you like you're like they are pedestrian. We wa- Hoodie and I walk usually together. We didn't yesterday because I broke my headphones, but we walk together to the garage, and there's always four or five pigeons between the Dunkin' Donuts and the subway. Correct. Every day. Every day. Every day. Shay. 
All right, this happened to me at the movies the other day. I wanted to bring it up yesterday. I went to see uh, the new movie, Megan. It was good, but that's besides the point. I went in, and I saw one of the most incredible bus tosses, employee to employee, I think I've ever seen in my life. Okay. This guy's waiting in line because he ordered a pizza at the movie theater. One, don't do that. Uh, two, he's waiting in line, and this woman comes out who's working behind the counter, and she goes, it's going to be a while because I have to make it for you and deliver it to you. And the reason I have to do that is our cook sucks. He'll make it wrong. Oh, wow. That's not right. Wow. wow. And what it said cook say? The cook was in the back. He didn't hear it. But the customer just goes, oh, all right. That's not right. Keep that in the, you know, we talked about this yesterday. That stuff's got to stay internal. Uh, Don't let wow. the problems get out. <laughs> Where was that advice yesterday? Good job, Shay. Yeah. Um, hey, listen, we didn't listen to our own advice, but we did talk about this. <laughs> Adam, watch this, Adam. That movie theater, Webster Place? Yes. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> How did I know <laughs> you're going to bust toss that guy at Webster's Place? Our cook sucks. And also, Shay, did you notice? Shay says, don't buy pizza at a movie theater. How did you do that? Dude, the flatbreads at AMC are good. A lot of the theaters have done a much better job with their food uh, selections. That's right. Restaurant quality. Yeah. The one, what's the name of the theme? Movie Co. out by Rosemont there? Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yes. Awesome. Dinner and a movie? Yeah. Now, some good stuff. But you don't like the idea of a pizza, because have you had it? I guess it's bad. Have you had it? <laughs> Listen. Or, the, the, or you don't like the concept? The chain I go to, I'm not getting a pizza. I don't trust it. <laughs> I would also, Hoodie, there was also one other thing very quickly. I went into the theater, and it had the reclining seats, you oh, know? yeah, yeah. Every seat in the theater was reclined all the way. Every single one. That has to be a prank, right? But who has the time after their movie's over to go through the theater and recline every single seat all the way individually? Oh, my God. The only way I could get in my seat was to do it so that it's back right, and then I had to recline it once I was in it. But every chair was that way. Okay, either that person's insane or they were vacuuming the, the... Again, the chain I go to, I doubt it. No vacuum, okay. I was going to say they like brought the chair up so they can be vacuumed. And of course, if you're the employee, you got to bring the chair down. But that apparently not the case. Yes, that would be just a pain. <laughs> so there you have it for the Friday folder. Did we get to everything, or have we still got two or three things we missed? There's always a few things, but we'll put them on next week's docket. All right, coming up, we'll find out about the weekend weather with Tracy Butler. Brought to you by Shady Rays on Captain J. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Cap and Jay Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Tracy Butler, meteorologist from ABC 7 Eyewitness News, joins us here on Captain J. Hood with the weekend weather. Oh, the weather is very nice. No snow. It's very nice. Very comfortable. <laughs> tell us about it, Tracy. I would love to tell you about it. There's your, there's your bad. What is your, going on with this weather? Yeah, there's, there's your bad TV segue, as they always you do to you on Channel no. 7. Should I be nervous? Yeah, I just want to know. Get, wait, should I get out of the way? Are you going to throw something at me? No, nothing. I would never do that. Okay, like I you're just, amazing. I, not, not as long as switch is on. Go ahead. I, okay, just right. got a little nervous about that. Yeah. Um, 
But are, you're not. Com- that's, that wasn't a complaint then. No, I just find it bizarre. I get in the it car is. yesterday. And it's 56 degrees. I'm like, what? Yeah, we had a 50 degree day this week. We had a 57 degree day this week. It probably feels pretty cold out there to a lot of folks today because we have wind chills in the teens. But it's still normal for January. So are we yes. done with snow for the year? We are not. <laughs> you're sure of that? I'm sure. That's a guess, or you know? I know. When's it coming? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> she knows it's coming, we though, do. right? <laughs> I just, we, we're going to get some rain on Monday. I know a lot of folks have the day off on Monday. Mm-hmm. We do. Um, I do not. I will be here, and I will be showing you the radar probably quite a bit, because I think we're going to get some substantial rain here Monday. But Monday's high is going to be around 50 degrees. Again, I just hope we don't get hit in March with January weather, which has happened. Yeah, that's the question that we were going to ask you about, because this is obviously great in January. What does this look like in April and May? Honestly. And that is Mm -hmm. a, a valid question. And, you know, we really don't know just yet. But as I've told you guys so many times before, I just see kind of a delay in some in our seasons lately, it seems like it mm-hmm. seems like our our spring is arriving later, our winter is arriving later. So, you know, statistically, we've been getting some bigger snows, February's, March. We've had some snows in April, which we don't want it then. No, we, hey, we were telling that we hit one year. It was like Mother's Day. It was like. Flurries. A few, yeah, I think it was mm-hmm. like May 5th or something. Mm-hmm. We had stupid. Some, it, that, that is stupid. Yeah. I would agree with you. <laughs> so what do we have this All weekend? Right, this weekend. So today, kind of just like this most of the day. And the winds will start to subside this evening. We have wind chills around 19 degrees right now. That will get better tonight. Tonight, sky's really clear. Tomorrow's going to be beautiful and sunny, but we're looking at highs in the 30s. I think over the weekend, Sunday, we have a lot of clouds. That's in advance of the rain that's coming here on Monday. But we're back into the upper 40s here on Monday. And by the way, the one NFL game probably impacted most by wet weather is going to be the one in San Francisco. Mm. That's yeah, looking like a wet, yeah, very, yeah. very wet game. All the other games, eh, mm. maybe cold, but... Yeah. Last time they played in that monsoon here, they lost. Right. <gasps> Might have been a factor. And that's, oh. that fl- that's the massive flooding yeah. happening in, in Northern uh, California, right? Well, all across California, mm-hmm. too, even into Southern California, they've been under flood watches for what seems like a week. Wow. Uh, and more than weeks, I should say, plural. The snow that has amassed in the Sierra, I mean, they're double, in some cases, what they usually get in a whole year, just from the past few weeks. So it's it's really a very serious situation that's going on there. So is this a global warming thing or just a weird trend? You know what? It could be part of both. It really could be. You know, there's a lot of climate variability, of course, we continue to study. But I think that all signs really are pointing to more extremes in weather. And that is a big concern. A lot of people say, oh, you know, global warming, we still got 19 degrees. You really got to pay attention to some of the extremes Mm -hmm. that we're getting. And we are getting extremes out on the West Coast right now, too. Well, I just like the idea that the segues to you and the weather, that you don't get as many frowns because people actually enjoy. (laughs) You're not getting the frowns that she (laughs) that she always receives, which is just just it's just vintage television, by the way. But we have to turn those frowns upside down. Right. That's it. So no more rain. Right. Yeah. There's going to be rain. (laughs) Yeah. So I have a question for you. Another one. Oh, no. What? Wait, what is if it? If I take like three or four aerosol cans and just go outside and start spraying them around, 
do I have a chance of changing the climate here to a okay. much more warm and friendly climate? I might throw something at him. Now time for the Cap and J-Hood cut of the day. Yo. Yes, it's boring, but it's a sport. Oh! Whatever. Cut it. It's not boring. Okay, then you're boring. All right, cut! Uh, let's see. Shay, there's a call from the dentist's office. Let's go to that right now. Let's, uh... <laughs> let's see. Let's see. <laughs> not there. Wow. <laughs> Yo. Yes, it's boring, but it's a sport. Oh! Whatever. Cut it. It's not boring. Okay, then you're boring. All right, cut! Captain James, cut of the day brought to you by Chicago Cut Steakhouse. Go for the burger today. Great way to start your weekend. Their fries are incredible. It takes three days to make their fries. That's why they're the best in the city. This is Tracy is right when she talks about the, the weekend weather. Like the 49ers will have the worst weather. There's games going to be playing Buffalo and Cincinnati. And, but that's going to be better. Right. I mean, Buffalo will be cold. <laughs> yeah. It, but at least they're not going to get pummeled with lake effect snow of seven feet or something, you know? Yeah. It's really great to see you. Haven't seen you in a long time. So awesome to see you both. You too, Tracy. No games for you today. We're not playing that game today. You better not. Not this year. We're done. Oh, I can't promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> we thank you for listening and being part of the program here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Our thanks to uh, Tom Ricketts for being with us. Yes, thank you, Tom. Courtney Cronin. Tracy Demetrius Ivory. You going to his funeral? Did you go? Can I have your headphones? <laughs> <laughs> no. Don't want to make this a lifetime special. <laughs> for our entire crew, for David Kaplan, this is John the Hood. Let's do this um, Tuesday at 7. Tuesday at 7. Everyone enjoy their long weekend. Black Abdallah next. So long, everybody. Take that. From Chicago.